0: Ever feel like you're somewhat derailed and really having a hard time getting back on the right track? Nothing seems to be really clicking to make it work? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachless Talks. Growth-oriented, partial related Torah podcasts. We are up to the double portions of Nitzvah and Mayelach. And technically the last Parshas that we're going to be reading this year. year. Next week already will be Rosh Hashanah. Next Shabbos will be a special reading for Shoshana. Following that, we do have a few portions left to finish the book of Devarim before we start over again. We'll finish those in time and on Sumerah's Torah itself. But this is it. This is the final Shabbos of this Jewish calendar year. And we should use this Shabbos to the max. Within the readings of the Shabbos, we have the descriptions in chapter 31 of Devarim of Deuteronomy, Seventeen, God's reaction when we have deviated, and the text tells us that we will say that Amar uh, Al We recognize this because God is not God is not with me. I've distanced God from myself. That's why this difficulty is coming my way. And what follows is then a little bit surprising. The next verse, 18, I will conceal or have concealed my face on that day because of all evil that it, Israel, did. And the simple reading that there's some flow that we're distant, we're failing, but we're recognizing that it's because of that distance. Why is that followed up with a further distance? The yeah, Aster astir, the idea of hester panim, of God keeping himself less vivid, less manifest before us. We have a harder time finding him. One could have thought that if in fact we are acknowledging that the trouble coming our way is because of the distance we've created between ourselves and God and Hashem, then the reaction would be God coming back close. And there are a variety of explanations the famed Hasidic master of Simcha Bunim is quoted as describing that the aster astir that sense of the distance of that latter verse is a result of the fact that when we proclaimed that God is not with me, hello alkiena lokay bekerbi metzuni harosha ilah, that indicated Yiush. that indicated our having given up hope, that indicated our sense. We're detached. It wasn't a sense of aspiration and anticipation of coming back close, it's a sense of tossing in the towel. We're distant. We're detached. What do you expect? And that, he describes, is a great tragedy. Yish, giving up hope, believing, I just can't get back on the right track, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that generates a further distancing and God further masking himself from us. Yush is something, that, that sense of abandonment is something that we can easily expect to happen if we focus purely on the overwhelming elements of any particular endeavor. And at this time of year, we're focused on Rosh Hashanah and judgment. If we're purely focused on God as judge and that everything's on the line and we have failed and we don't recognize our capacity to... Toss off some of the negative baggage. Our capacity to affix ourselves to positive behaviors and make them part of our routine. If we only focus on the negative, on the distance, we can further the distance that's already created, continue off the track, and have a harder time getting back on. A few points that perhaps can help us shift from the you-ish type of perspective into an attitude that... Hopefully can bring us back closer and bridge the gaps and eliminate the distance between ourselves and Hashem. One general thought about who we are and where we are in history. There's a stunning piece in the introduction to the Siddur of the Yavits. The Yavits are of Yaakov and the Yaakov M. Ben Mensfi. The Javits family, I believe, are descendants of the Yavits. Yaakov, Emden Menzvi, that an acronym, was a very significant Torah scholar living in the middle of the 1700s. Abbots published a Siddur, where he shared some commentary, the laws related to prayer and the various other elements captured within the book of the Siddur. In his introduction, he talks about the greatest miracle of Jewish history. What is the greatest miracle of Jewish history? and in the perspective of the Vyavits. It was not the splitting of the sea back in the time of the Egyptian exodus. It was not the incredible Sinai experience that followed soon after that. It was not the conquest of Jericho with the walls tumbling down and our absolute easy access to that city. It was none of those particular dramatic moments, but rather Is the fact that in his day, writing in the 1700s, there are still Jews who still have the traditions of an unbroken chain. Going back to those earliest moments of our history, there are still Jews abiding by the very same Torah. And the fact that we are still here, despite the many, many, many attempts to see to it that we would no longer be here. The fact that we are still here, despite the many, many Aspects of assimilation and challenging cultures that wore away at the fabric of Jewish living. The fact that we are still here and thriving in the 1700s, says the Abetz, is the greatest miracle of history. Now, fast forward. The Avits lived way before the pogroms of the czars. He lived way before the Cantonist decrees, he lived way before the Holocaust, he lived way before the surge of missionary movement that is eager to try to rob Jews of their absolute attachment to pure monotheism, undiluted and unconfused. He lived way before many of those attempts at undoing what we know of as a thriving Torah-infused Jewish community. And we're still here. We're still here. God's love of the Jew, God's guarantee of our survival, and our being the witnesses to that, our being the testimony to that, that's the greatest miracle, and that's worth having ourselves be able to lift up our shoulders a little bit in that sense of, hey, we represent this great great miracle, we indicate God being there with us to this very day. That's step number one in sort of a broad sense. Step number two, moving to maybe more of a personal sense, the text describes that God is there, attentive to us, in all of our calling out, there is no such thing as our turning to God with a pure, sincere prayer and having there be no reaction to that prayer. We can't expect that we're going to see the exact outcome we were hoping for, but prayer works. Prayer creates closeness, and bonds us with God, and there is no such thing as a prayer that is absolutely unheeded. We hope it's going to be exactly the manifestation that we are articulating, but God ultimately knows what's in our best interest. We create a closeness through prayer, and there's always a reaction to that. We are meaningful enough that God is attentive to that prayer. Along those lines, our experience next week of Rosh Hashanah, where we are going to be judged not only as a nation, not only as a community, not only as a family, but as an individual, each and every one of us for each and every deed, for each and every word, for each and every thought, because we so matter to Hashem that we are in His focus. Again, it can be a sort of an ominous thought, but it's also ultimately an empowering thought. I matter. Hashem cares. What I do is of consequence. I am meaningful, and therefore can't give up. Finally, a beautiful message shared by the Asif Chaim, Chaim Friedlander of blessed memory, about the paradigm of repentance. An individual who was first known by the name Elazar ben Dordaya and as he died was known as Rebbe Elazar ben Dordaya. Elazar ben Dordaya is somebody described in the Talmud and attractive tractate of Avod as of the lowest of the low. Somebody who was extremely corrupt, extremely immoral behavior, had him as an example of somebody that everybody would have expected, there is absolutely no hope. I recommend taking a look at the Talmud over there, uh, Avodah Zarah, page 17a, I'm thinking, 17. 17, uh, describes the story of lazar Ben-Nurdaya, and describes that he was so addicted to his immoral behavior, that he would put in vast, vast financial resources, vast amounts of time and effort to secure an opportunity for a further immoral conduct. And it describes how in one situation where it was the epitome of his immoral behavior, he came to recognition that this is the final red line. Across this, there's no backseat. not going back, never going to be able to detach myself from the immorality which is absolutely saturating every ounce of my reality. And he detached. Elizabeth Ruddanya calls out to various aspects of the universe to assist him, to come to his defense, help him get out of this situation, and ultimately makes the declaration where he has the recognition hadavar talui It's up to me. It's up to me and me alone for me to desist, detach, and reorient myself towards self towards God. In the moment that he did that, he was catapulted from being Elazar Daya to Rabbi Elazar Daya. Now, on the surface level, there's no happy ending to this story because he died with this surge of emotional shift from the immorality to redirect himself toward God, toward spirituality, with that, his soul departed from this world. But we who have a greater glimpse of what life is really all about understand that now his soul going up and being deemed Rabbi Eliezer ben Dodaya is being crowned with that title of Rabbi and that recognition that he's being deemed a spiritual being and the exact Reversal from all that negative energy being, being shifted and catapulting him to a high spiritual plane. His eternity is now guaranteed. He didn't live more years on this planet. We don't know an age. But whatever it was, every extra moment on this planet is cherished as further opportunity to secure our greater eternal bond with God. His Teshuvah, his repentance, his shifting from the deep, deep abyss to a spiritual height catapulted him to an eternal attachment with God. The Sif in that work describes, though, there's another nuance over here that may be missed. Elazar ben Durdaya, the word Durdaya, is a Talmudic word for the dregs the sediment left when you've poured out the wine and the little black stuff left on the bottom of a barrel, those dregs, his name was Elazar ben Dordaya. He's like the son of the dregs. He's the dreg of society. And it's through the dregs, it's when he's the lowest of the low, in that moment of absolute spiritual failure, because he shifted, he became Elazar, El is like the word for God, Azar comes to assist, and God helps pull him out of there. He reattaches to God as a ben-durdaya, as a function of that low place. He's able to shift and become elevated. And the message, none of us are that dordaya. With whatever failures we have, we are thankfully far, 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 far more elevated, to start with, than the lowest of the low that this Elezzan and represented. Yet he managed to shift to a place of ultimate spiritual elevation. Certainly, wherever we are at, we can recognize that it's it's difficult and that we find ourselves having gone off that derailed, we're in that derailed train and we're going and going and going and sometimes we feel like we're charging downhill building up further and further negative energy. But as long as we haven't crossed that final red line, we're not beyond where Elazar and Daya was ready to fall, we can turn it around. We can remind ourselves we're part of this picture of the greatest miracle of history. We can remind ourselves we each have the capacity to call out to God, and He is attentive to us. And Elazar God, is ready to assist even when we're in that very lowly state. In a verse in our parsha it described the one who felt, God is not with me, and there's no hope, and therefore there's a further distancing. But if we realize, God may feel very distant, but he is with me. There may be many barriers, but they are ultimately surmountable. Then there, once again, is that hope reconnecting, having a greater awareness of God in our lives, which will just continue to build up greater capacity to reattach ourselves to him, and find greater attachment and recognition of him in our lives, and keep cycling up as such, and in so doing, using this last week of this year, to bridge the distance between our derailed avenue and the proper track, ultimately get back on that track and become the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve Eretaklis.